Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have Miss Brandy Kahn on, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her in just a moment. But first, just a couple of announcements. Um, if you are watching this on Facebook, we would love your comments, um, any questions that you may have. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, same thing. And please like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on any podcast outlets, thank you so much. And I still have available um, for the next couple weeks my 2023 Cosmic Message and Theme of the Year where I channel a very specific message and theme for you from Arcturian Aluru. Um, so that is available still on my website, the 2023 Cosmic Message and Theme. Um, I also have my new Connection to the Cosmos ET Connector Essential Oil Spray that I am so excited about. It smells so good. And this is to really elevate your vibration and deepen your connection. So this also is available on my website, as is my book, Connection to the Cosmos, and the accompanying Oracle deck. So check those out. And for all of my products and services, you can find those at mysticmanta.com or at drlisajthompson.com. And if you're coming to Hawaii, to the Big Island, come on one of the Big Island UFO tours. I kid you not, we see stuff every single day time and you will learn so much about this. So for more information on that, check out BigIslandUFOTours.com. And without further ado, I'm going to bring on Brandy Khan. Hi, Brandy. Hi. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> okay. Well, let me tell everyone all about you because I cannot wait to get into our conversation. Awesome. Okay. Brandy Khan is a certified counseling astrologer intuitive medium and Arcturian healer. Brandy has been a featured guest on Hay House Radio with one of her mentors, James Von Prague. She is also a contributing author of the books, When Angels Speak and The Last Breath. She is a level 10 practitioner in the healing modality known as Arcturian healing. Can't wait to hear all about that. She is a full-time homeschooling mother to her four children. I do not envy her. <laughs> and she lives in Lake Jackson, Texas with her husband, children, and two dogs. So thank you so much for being here, Brandy. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yes. Well, we're going to get to the Arcturian stuff um, a little bit later. But the very first question that I ask all my guests, because again, I always want to know this, is what kind of spiritual or religious or other kind of household did you grow up in so that we can see this transition into your spiritual business? Yeah, so I grew up in Mississippi and it was in um, a very religious household. Uh, mm -hmm. We were Jehovah's Witnesses. So, okay. um, you, you know, from third grade on, there were no holidays. It was very, very structured. There was time spent going door to door. And one of the things that I was taught as a young girl is, you know, all this stuff about energy and intuition or whatever, it's not really of God. Um, it, could even, you know, it was even labeled as demonic. So um, I was very, very aware of that. And, and there was an experience that I had when I was 16 years old, where um, me and my mom and my aunt, we were sitting down watching TV on a Saturday night, and we were watching um, this show called 
Showtime at the Apollo. It came on in the 80s and 90s, okay? And yeah. we were watching the uh, the amateur night segment, and this was a brand new episode. So the first contestant comes on stage, and before anybody can say anything, I said, oh my gosh, uh, that guy's going to sing, and he's going to sing Ribbon in the Sky by Stevie Wonder. And, you know, Steve Harvey was the host, and he asked the guy, what are you going to do tonight? And the guy was like, oh, I'm going to sing Ribbon in the Sky. And I was like, oh, what? my mom and my aunt didn't say anything second contestant comes out and i'm like oh she's a dancer i bet she's gonna dance steve harvey asked the contestant what are you going to do and she said i'm going to dance and i was like whoa i'm really doing this third contestant comes out and i'm like hey he's a comedian he's gonna tell jokes and fair enough you know he was a comedian so at that point my mom was like stop stop and I was like, what? I haven't seen this. I, I, I'm not playing. And she said, no, stop. You had to have seen this. Just stop it. And um, I remember getting up from the couch and I was confused and upset. And I made the decision right then and there. Hey, I'm never going to do what I just do, just what I just did. I'm never going to do it again. And I completely shut down my intuition and those senses, those faculties. And I did not open them back up until my 20s. And a lot of it had to do with everything associated with using that around my religious beliefs growing up. Okay. Uh, wow. That's, um, so how, how did you finally break free of that religious dogma then? That was really, really, um, that was hard. That was mm -hmm. hard because it had been inculcated into me, you know, for yeah. so long and we were, you know, so deeply into it. So, um, it was a few lonely years, like of feeling a lot of self-doubt, feeling like God hated me because I just was not fitting into the group. I wasn't fitting into, you know, things that they were telling us wasn't making sense. And I was breaking away slowly, but surely. But at the same time, I was like, there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? So, um, you know, in my 20s, I went through years of confusion and, and, you know, trying to figure everything out. But, you know, finally, after reading other information of people who had been in and had left, yeah. I was like, oh, OK, this is not just me, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's OK for me to be me. OK, well, and so how did your family feel? about that? Like, are they still practicing? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, everybody's kind of gone their own ways. I think everybody has kind of seen that, you know, maybe um, what was taught or what we were practicing is really probably not the best fit. Um, if we want to live like our authentic lives and, and, and make decisions for ourselves. So, yeah. Well, so, and so, you know, you have to be pretty brave to do that as like going against, you know, your family and whatever. Yeah. And what finally, like what, how did you find that intuition again, that ability, like what prompted you to be like, no, this is me. This is who I am. Yeah. That had to have been when I was going through the dark night of my soul. That was in my um, early to mid twenties where okay. I was feeling like really ousted from the group. I was feeling a sense of not belonging and I was searching, searching, searching. And I read um, so much by Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer. That was the beginning of my search um, um, there, like in my, in, in my mid twenties. And then in my late twenties um, and early thirties, that's when I came to Rachel. And okay. Reiki was the turning point for me. That was the true turning point of where everything else came in after Reiki. 
Okay, that's so interesting because I've had other guests on where Reiki was their entry point into yes. this energetic spiritual world. Right. So, yes, it was definitely that way for me. And, you know, it's called the gateway drug because so, so many people come in through Reiki and then you end up going into other things because it opens you up. It opens your awareness. And all of a sudden there's room to grow in other areas. Okay. So then, so you're doing the Reiki and were you just doing that for yourself or did you actually practice it on other people? I practiced it on other people as well as doing it on myself. Um, I made sure that my three oldest children all took Reiki one and my husband as well. Like I was really, really serious about it. And I even went um, so far as becoming a Reiki master. So I had clients um, and, and it was through Reiki then that other things started to shift. Other things started to happen. Okay. Well, lead us through that then. Tell us what the yeah. next. So the, the, the next thing that happened was, so, you know, I'm really into Reiki and spirituality and I learned transcendental meditation and I'm meditating every day. And then all of a sudden, um, I loved Amazon. Like I'd get like books all the time. So um, on the recommended list on my Amazon, these books started to show up about Pleiadians. And I'm like, huh, don't know what those are, who they are, but I know I'm supposed to have that book. I know I'm supposed to have it. So I, I ordered a, a book on the Pleiadians and was absolutely blown away. I'd never heard anything about, you know, these beings before. Um, and in the book, there were exercises like, you know, using the Pleiadian sleep chamber, different healing chambers, that type of thing. Um, and and I started using, you know, the exercises and, and I could actually feel the energy of the Pleiadians. And um, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So, you know, from Reiki, then I get into like working with the, um, the Pleiadians and then the Arcturians come about a little bit later. Okay. Well, so, and when you were working with the mediumship again, where does that fit into the galactic energy? So, okay, let's see mediumship. So I'm working with the Pleiadians for a few years and that's Reiki. Um, and, and then around, uh, 20, 2016, early 2016, mm -hmm. was all of a sudden, um, I got a reading um, from a wonderful medium, wonderful psychic medium. And um, she told me, she said, you know, your guides say that you're a medium. And if you ever wanted to be a medium, you know, you could do it. And I laughed at her. And I said, no, you're wrong. You're talking about the wrong person. I'm not a medium. I don't have that within me. And she said, no, they're saying that you have it. So from there, I go to Google and I'm like, okay, mediumship classes. I want to, I want to learn. I want to see if this is really true. And of course, James Van Prague, you know, he pops up and, and I sign up for his class in 2016, um, early 2016. So most of that year was all about, hey, am I really a medium um, and, and learning in that way? Um, and then in August of 2016, there was an exercise that James wanted us to do. So up until this point, I'd only been reading pictures like of people who were in spirit, right? Okay. So now he's like, no more tools, no pictures. I want you to connect. I want you to go into meditation and I want you to connect with someone uh, and, and then, you know, write about it. So Sunday afternoon, I go in my bedroom, I'm alone and I'm in my chair and I close my eyes and I go into my power and, and I move my mind to the spirit world and I ask for a communicator. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was pretty, I, I was very surprised because 
there was a gentleman that actually showed up and um, I could see in my mind's eye that he was African-American and he told me that his name was Earl and I did not know him. I expected like a grandparent to come through. So I'm like, okay, so how do I know you or what's our connection here? And he said, no, I know your father. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Um, so how do you know my father? And he gave me more evidence. So, and, and then I was surprised when he told me, Hey, um, your father's not doing too well. And I'm like, wait, what? He said, your father, he's not doing too well. And at this point I'm like, okay, so this just got really weird. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and close down. I'm not sure what's going on here. I'm not sure who this guy is and I'm going to just say thank you. Okay. So I said, thank you so much. Thanks for coming to share your energy with me. Thank you. Um, and I closed myself down and moved my awareness away from the spirit world. And, and then I sat there with a dilemma. Do I call my dad? Do I tell him about this? He's going to think I'm crazy. Now, I must tell you, my father was the only one that I had talked to about my journey into mediumship for 2016, during that year of 2016, okay. because he was really, really open. And my dad was really, really sensitive, but he didn't talk about it. So he told me, if you ever want to talk about this stuff, you talk about it with me. Other people may judge you, but you can talk to me. Mm -hmm. So I sat there and I'm like, okay, I know that he's open, but this is just weird. But I picked up the phone and I said, hey, daddy, um, this is going to sound weird, but I was just doing a meditation and this man came in. Um, do you know somebody and, you know, named Earl? And he said, yeah. I know two Earls, one's alive, but one, one, he already died. I said, okay, the one who died, um, how did you know him? What's your relationship like? And my father confirmed everything that Earl had already told me about how they knew each other and their connection. Okay. Yeah. Earl was a fellow musician. So my father, um, my father um, played with BB King. He toured with BB King. He was his alto sax player and Earl was the one who came and took his place in the band when he was ready to leave. So Earl was an alto sax player like my dad. Um, so that's, th this was the Earl in spirit. And so I said, okay, daddy, you don't have to share anything with me that you don't want to share. Mm -hmm. uh, but I need to tell you, he mentioned that you are not well. Mm -hmm. And then there was just this thick silence. And uh, he said, yeah, I understand. And I said, okay, okay. As long as you understand, I just wanted you to know that's what he said. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, okay. I get it. And, um, that was actually the last time I talked to my dad. Cause he passed three weeks later. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Earl came through in a way, I think it was to prepare me, but you know, Earl gave me one of the greatest gifts because every medium we go through these days like where we have our doubts am i really a medium <laughs> you know is it, yeah. you know is, am i really a medium or am, am i just imagining this and whenever those moments of doubt come in i remember earl and i remember his message and i remember how my dad validated it and i remember how you know earl was trying to give me a heads up of something that was coming so um and, and that just really gives me the conviction and the belief you know that i am a medium so yeah that is beautiful. And I know that I've had a lot of guests that are mediums on and even some people watching and listening that are mediums. And, and I do know all of them and me, yeah. my other, my gifts, we, we do sometimes question like, okay, 
is that really real or not? And so right. to right. have some kind of validation that we can always reflect on, like, okay, no, that's real. It is. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, my mediumship actually came in stronger, became stronger after my dad passed. Um, it, it was almost as if like he was there helping me from the spirit world. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I have heard that even, um, I was taking a psychic intuition class four years ago and we, the first night of class, we were, um, taken on a journey to meet a spirit guide that would help us get extra information. And so I could see your dad being that kind of helper. For right. You as well, right. Right. So then let's stick with the mediumship for just a little bit longer. So then what has that allowed you to do six years now you've been practicing this? Right, right. Yeah. So for six years, I've really, really been developing and I've been so incredibly blessed and I'm thankful. Like, I feel like I've had the best teachers, the best um, mediumship teachers, you know, like from James von Prague to, you know, Mavis Patilla just pa passed away and Anthony Maraca and Andy Bing, like I've had like the, the, the top teachers that have really, really helped me to find my power, like as a medium and to develop um, and, and then to share messages with other people. Um, there have been really low moments with it, though. You know, like when you're developing, it's really it's it, it, it's tough um, um, to learn how to use your power, um, to learn if you're making it all up or if your head and your thoughts are coming in. Um, but it, it, it's it's been um, wonderful for me. And I think the best thing really about mediumship, though, is I was able to study um, trans mediumship. I began two years ago and I'm still developing as a trans medium with Tony Sockwell and Michael Mayo. Um, and th they were my trans teachers and trans actually um, made the mental mediumship a lot stronger. Uh, and trans also helped me in a way with the Arcturian healing as well. Can you explain the difference between trans mediumship and then just, I guess, mental, yeah, mental yeah. mediumship. So mental mediumship, like you see a medium who's giving a reading, uh, that's usually mental mediumship. It's a very active process, like you're actively engaging and speaking um, and, and, and blending with the spirit communicator there with you. But with right. trance, no, it's very passive. You got to get out of the way. Um, the goal is to sit and become quiet and to allow your guides, teachers, and helpers to come in and blend with you in such a way where there's very little of you and there's a lot of them. And, and um, uh, many trans mediums, once they're really in that state and they've blended, they will begin to speak, but it's not them that's speaking. It's their guides, their teachers speaking through them. So whereas mental mediumship is very active, trance is passive and trance is, it's difficult because you've got to learn how to get out of the way mm -hmm. and learning how to get out of the way and trance helped me with the healing as well. Cause you know, with Arcturian healing, you've got to get out of the way as well. Okay. So it sounds like trans mediumship is very similar to channeling, right? Yeah. I would say it's a deeper state. They say that, yeah, channeling is maybe up here and then trance is a little bit deeper. Yeah. Okay. Well, and there are another different levels of channeling. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. People are, um, yeah, are still more present and then other people are like, they're completely gone and they are just, right, yeah. Yeah. For that. Okay. Okay. So, um, what I guess in the mediumship 
aspect then, what has been maybe the most profound thing that you have experienced or that you've helped people with, with having this gift and sharing it? Mm. It's, it's, it's so amazing because so many times I think like we underestimate ourselves and, and, you know, we think, well, everybody, you know, is able to, to, to do that. And, And coming to the realization that you know, like maybe what I do, maybe the time that I've put in to develop, um, it, it, it allows me to connect with a loved one in spirit for someone who may not, you know, um, have the same knowledge of how to do it. You know, everybody has the ability to some extent, right. but um, the, the look on people's faces um, um, when they're touched by something that comes through in a reading it's incredibly satisfying to know that in some way, like I am of service, not only to those in this world, but in service to those in spirit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's a responsibility that I do not take lightly. Um, and, and, and so um, just knowing that I've helped people seeing their reactions has been like incredibly gratifying. Okay. That's beautiful. Well, and I, you know, I know different mediums have different abilities in terms of some actually see the person right. like they're next to them. Some right. just hear the information, some it's just the thoughts pop in. So for you, how, how does that come? I'm very, very clear sentient. And I, I've always been that way throughout life. Didn't know what it was called. Um, but, but I get strong, strong feelings or impressions. So like, let's just say on a psychic level, if I'm around someone who maybe doesn't have good intentions for me, I'll feel yeah. it in my gut. I feel it in my gut. Right. Um, yeah. So, so then like when, when I'm in the state of where I'm blending with the spirit world and my mind is moved there, I feel the spirit communicator there with me. I feel what they're trying to impress upon me. So mine is really from a sense of feeling. Okay. Beautiful. Well, and you know, I mean, the cards never lie. So today's Oracle card that I pulled from my connection to the cosmos, uh-huh. that got posted on Facebook was Claire Sentience. Oh, wow. <laughs> there are no coincidences. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. We do have a, one question from Thomas who's asking, does your automatic writing come through in transmediumship? So like, I know for me, when I, when I do automatic writing, I feel like I'm more channeling that. Mm. But again, you know, it's kind of, it's probably blurry lines as to what might be mediumship versus channeling. Right. I've, and I'm just speaking from experience. I don't know, maybe there is a medium that can, oh, there are some, I have heard of some that do writing um, automatic, right? Like while they're in a state of trance, but they are not aware of what's going on. Um, I have seen like other very accomplished mediums who've been sitting as trance mediums, like for years speak. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing uh, the way they're able to get out of the way. And, um, you know, this teacher comes through and, you know, sometimes there's a change in the facial features. Uh, There may be a change in the voice. I just think it's an amazing process. Okay. Um, So my other, my next question still on, and then, then we're going to switch gears just because I always, I always get so curious about mediumship because I feel like I definitely, I'm intuitive, I have psychic powers, but I haven't developed that mediumship and it hasn't been something that I have like actively sought out to do yet. 
and it doesn't mean I won't. And I do believe, like you said, everyone has that ability. Um, but one, you know, I know a lot of mediums, it's really just like past loved ones or dead people, like mm -hmm. human people that have passed mm -hmm. over to the spirit realm that right. are through, but some people through their mediumship can experience angels or galactic beings or, you mm -hmm. know, like that. And so have, do you experience that as well in your mediumship? I've only experienced that in the trance state. So for example, like, um, moving my mind to spirit. I've never really had like a star being or galactic being come through that way for me personally, that may work like for somebody else. But in trance, usually the feedback that I get from the mediums that I sit with in trance is there's an incredible amount of healing energy that comes through. And yeah. I've always felt like, like at different points in my trance development over the last two years, and like I sit up to once or twice a week with groups, um, it, it feels sometimes as if there's angelic energy that's coming in. Mm -hmm. And others in the group can feel it or and I've been aware sometimes like if it feels like Arcturian energy coming in um, and, and going to the group like is healing energy. So in, in those ways, I have experienced that, but only through like trance. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so now let's transition to, okay, so you're, you're doing Reiki and through that now the Pleiadians are coming through. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you somehow had this bridge to the Arcturians. So I'd love to know like all of that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So my dad passes at the end of 2016 and um, I really, my mediumship just really comes in end of 2016 and 2017. And um, in 2017, there was a lady out of nowhere that just messaged me and said, Hey, check out this guy. Like he's teaching this class. You may find it interesting. And I have no reason why, she messaged me, but it was Gene Ang, and he's the one that developed the Arcturian healing method. Um, and I was drawn to begin studying with him. Now, what's so weird is the same lady also said, hey, there's this guy in New Zealand, and he does these galactic natal charts. Send him your information, and then he can tell you um, if you've got lineage, like if you're a starseed, you know, and where your lineage is from. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So I, I tried it out. And um, I, I sent him my information and I was, this guy knew nothing about me, right? All the way in New Zealand. And I was so surprised when I got my chart back um, where he said, he looked at my chart and he said, you've had incarnations both in the Pleiades and Arcturus, but most of your time was spent as an Arcturian. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, like the, the Pleiadians came first and then Arcturians later. And then it's, it's, it's verified for me in a galactic natal chart reading that there's a connection that's there, maybe a past incarnation. So. Right. Okay. Well, um, real quick question about the galactic natal chart, because I've heard of people doing that. I haven't ever had one done myself. Mm -hmm. Super mm -hmm. curious. Um, one of the things that I saw recently about that is that it maybe can only pull in information about maybe your most recent incarnation. So I'm curious if you can speak to that, like, as, a, as an astrologer in natal, it's like, how can they pull more quantum level information into that chart? Yeah. Like even now as an astrologer, I look at what he sent me and I don't understand it. Like the way that he, um, 
went about reading a galactic natal chart was very different than how I read um, a, a natal chart through Western astrology. If you understand what I'm saying, like it's it's completely different. Um, the, the signs and symbols that he saw on his, I don't really see on mine. So I'm not sure of which system he used, but I just know it's very in-depth. But there is one thing that I can say, um, even though I don't completely understand, you know, the specifics of the galactic natal chart, um, I was just reading about how you can look at an astrological natal chart and a lot of times there's there's flags there so for example um what one thing that you can look for in your natal chart um are there repeating numbers or patterns with numbers so for example in my natal chart my western natal chart yeah. there's patterns i was born at 111 111 Okay. The sun was at 11 degrees. Mm -hmm. So there's a pattern there of the ones. And then my life path number in numerology is one. So there's a okay. lot of one, 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 you know, yeah. um, another, another thing that you can look at in the natal chart to see if maybe there may have been like a past incarnation, like, you know, was a star person. Look at the South node, look at the sign of the South node. They say usually um, uh, for Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces, there will have been a past life. Um, and my South node's in Pisces. So I was like, oh, okay, wow, this is interesting. Because a lot of the, the criteria they were giving actually line up with my natal chart. So. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And I, you know, again, I'm multi about the astrology in a moment. <laughs> yeah. My, I grew up, my mother was an astrologer and my. No way. Oh, awesome. Half of my young life. Yeah. Up until I was about age 13. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and okay. And, and again, not the, you know, the galactic natal chart isn't accurate. I'm just curious. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Information. I, I'm curious too. Cause I look at it and I'm like, how did he do this? Like, mm -hmm. where did this come from? But what I know is like that, the, what he told me like completely resonated, like with my life experiences and with what I feel inside. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so then with the Pleiadians and then how, I guess when you're working with the Pleiadians, the energy of that, how did that compare to working with mm. the It's very, very different. They've got a completely different energetic signature. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know that like the Arcturians are about love. But the Pleiadians, like the feeling that I got, it was so much about love, 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 connection, peace, harmony. That was the feeling, right? And I'm not saying the Arcturians are not like that, but with the Arcturians, it was a heavier denser energy that was a little bit more focused on, I feel healing, um, mm -hmm. or, or, or soul evolution, soul growth, helping in that way. So they, they feel completely different to me. Okay. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. So let's talk about then Jean Ong's, um, method of Arcturian healing and yeah. what all that incorporates and, and what does it mean to be a level 10 practitioner? Cause that sounds like, really high but i don't know how many levels there are yeah yeah so okay. you know gene is absolutely like brilliant uh, he, he got his phd from yale and he's a neurobiologist and somehow he went off from that you know hardcore science into more healing the healing arts and he studied quite a bit with a lot of like high level people um and, and, and then the arcturian healing method came to him or he developed it in some way um so like with each level there's a certain like there's all these frequencies like let's, let's just say like 
per level, there's about 10 frequencies, I, I would say 10 to 12 like that he'll teach. And so each level you build upon the next. And so I've gone all the way to level 10. So there's quite a few frequencies that I can work with. Um, what does that mean? Well, like there's some Arcturian frequencies that are really focused on um, the physical body. So we've got the neural net frequency, which is about, you know, working with the nervous system, the brain balancing frequency. We've even got one um, for the endocrine system. We've got one to boost immunity. But at the same point, there's also frequencies for raising your vibration, um, frequencies for clearing your aura, clearing the energetic field around you, frequencies for helping you to align with your higher self and, and, and your life path. So it's very like multidimensional in that way. Like it targets not only the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual body. I mean, like it, 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 there's different frequencies that can do different things. Okay. When you're talking frequencies, how are you accessing those frequencies? Is it through sound or color or? No, actually. So like what you do, um, he, he taught a system where um, the frequencies are you. There's a chakra up here up, up above the head, um, which he refers to as the Arcturian diamond. And it's through that diamond that you access the frequencies. Now, what I love about his method is um, in Reiki, I was taught that I was like a channel, a vessel, um, mm -hmm. and, and like the energy kind of comes down through me and then, you know, through the palms, you know, to the person that I'm working on. With Arcturian healing method, um, it's, it's almost like the practitioner, you just open the door and you let the Arcturians go in and do the rest. You understand? Like, so it's not like I'm having, the energy's having to come through me to get to you. It's just like, let's open the door, bam, they're there, you know? Okay. And so how long did that training take? Oh, so I started uh, in 2017. So what, for the past five, six years, um, I've been working hard at it. Okay. Yeah. And so I get what kinds of healings have your clients had and what has it done for you as well? Um, I, I, I'll speak about me first. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that when I'm running the frequencies on myself in a very consistent way, life has this magical quality. I just cannot explain it. Um, it's like things just flow, things flow. Um, I, I'm much more connected to my higher self when I've been running the frequencies consistently for myself, but you know, like four kids and all that, <laughs> a lot of times I get too busy. So, <laughs> um, but, but, but I love the way life feels when I'm in the energy, when I'm running the energy consistently. Now for other people, I've had clients from India and China, um, you know, throughout Europe, Germany, um, that, that come and, and, and book these sessions and absolutely love them. I even had this one guy from Australia and I think that he's probably been my favorite client because I guess he was really um, into like all of the galactic healing and he had done a lot of it. So he was very sensitive to energy. So um, when I, I ran his session, because you can do these remotely, we don't have to be, okay. um, you know, like face to face. Um, I remember when I ran his session and then he contacted me afterwards and he's like, whoa, what was that? Wow. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? And I love the fact that he was able like to feel it so strongly. We're continents apart, you know, um, but he was able to feel the energy. I loved it. 
Okay. Well, and that, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was going to be a question of like, do you have to have your people in person or is it like other energetic healing where it can be, yeah, distance. Actually, most of my clients are distance healing. And um, what I'll usually do, we'll meet on Zoom. It depends on what you want. Okay. So um, mm -hmm. like, for example, the guy in Australia, the, the man that I was working with, we did not do Zoom. He was just happy to agree upon a time. I made sure that he was ready. And then I started sending, right? That worked for him. Um, other people feel better if we are on Zoom. They're, while they're lying down on camera and I'm sitting here running the frequencies. So it just depends upon what the client wants. Okay. So what kinds of ailments or issues would people have that come to you? For example, um, a lot of a lot of clients that I've had lately, it's been a lot of, I think, mental, uh, mental worrying, like anxiety, that type of thing, or just feeling really confused, feeling like they need clarity about, you know, what's going on with their life, um, or feeling they need help, you know, making a decision. I've seen more of that recently, more so than I've got a physical ache or a physical pain uh, that I want addressed in a session. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So I curiosity question, have you ever actually had any direct experience with UFOs or ETs? Like, have you seen them? Have you had those interactions um, like face to face? <laughs> the, the, and, and, you know, the thing about it is Jean does talk about how the Arcturians are like an angelic, you, you know, an angelic group, angelic frequency, uh, you, you know, and I've heard people say that sometimes Arcturians can appear as angels. Mm -hmm. So there was one time um, I was teaching classes in Houston at Body, Mind and Soul, and I was teaching classes on angels. And there was just, you, you know, so much about angels going on around me. And this particular night, my husband was on call at the hospital. So I was alone in bed. And, uh, you know, early in the morning, I woke up because there was a bright light. Um, and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I look over at the wall um, and there's this huge, like glowing figure um, of an angel, like on the wall. And I, and I remember looking and I'm like, oh my gosh, those are such big wings, right? And then I remember going back to sleep. Um, I know I wasn't dreaming. I know that that was what I saw. And a lot of times I feel like that the way the Arcturians work with me and come to me because I do so much with angels, you know, a lot of times it is as an angel or angelics. Okay, well, that's yeah. interesting because that's something that um, I've had other people kind of describe to me as well that are mediums and, and just, I, I haven't ever really been an angel person. I've tried, I have a yeah. lot of friends that are angel people, yeah. like yeah. the experts on the angels. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And so I've learned some from them, Yeah. but I haven't ever, you know, again, like, oh, I love angels. I, I love Archangel Michael and my, in my blue bubble. I've learned to embrace that. Yeah. I, what I have understood is that you're right about the Arcturians that, and my feeling, again, not knowing exactly how the angels feel, so I can't compare directly, but right. this feeling of like super high consciousness, yeah. Yeah. consciousness and that they will appear to people um, depending on how they grew up or what kind of mind, right. like, so they can appear as angels. Right. And then they can appear as galactic beings to those like me who grew up in like ets are real and right right yeah and stuff. right 
So I'm, I'm, you know, with that, it's a curiosity question and not necessarily that you're going to be able to answer like definitively, but just putting it out there for all the angel people, like are angels and our Koreans the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, I, I wonder that. And, and I never thought that I never thought that they were the same until Jean said, well, you know, that's one of the ways that they've shown up to people. That's one of the ways that they can show up. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes sense then, like for me, because um, so much of my life has been all about angels. Uh, and I know that I have this Arcturian connection as well. So I guess time will tell for me. Like, I, I'd really love to know more about that okay. or experience more about that, like in my life at some yeah. point. So, knowing that you have this lineage from the Pleiades and from Arcturus, have you ever done any deep dive work into understanding what your lives were? like in those realms at all? No, I have not. I have not. Um, that is one thing um, that I want to do. I do know, though, because I do quite a bit of meditating, that there was, I did have a significant incarnation at some point in ancient Egypt. There's such a connection for me there. Um, and it comes to me like all of the time um, in, in, um, my meditation. So I'm not sure if there was a connection between, I know people have said, well, you know, it was the ETs that helped build the pyramids. Um, so, uh, you you know, I'm not sure what the connection would be between me and Egypt and like, let's say Arcturus, but I just know that it's there. I know that it's there. Okay. Well, I, I would love to share you my experience of that because I have the connection. Well, so first of all, I, um, the work that I do, the regression work. So I'm able to help people get into like, okay, what, what is that life specifically? Right. And so like for me, my Arcturian life, the one that influences this Lisa earth human life the most is I am a healer. I'm an Arcturian healer, but they of course are at such a high vibration. They don't need healing themselves. But what I realized was myself the arturian sends healing energy down through this lisa oh, that wow. to heal this body but also then helps to send the energy out to heal oh, wonderful that's beautiful and so yeah so that whole arturian healing thing i mean it's a real thing so yes. <laughs> on board yeah. of you and Jean and um, anyone else who does that kind of like yeah. connection now I recently, it was this year that I discovered my connection with ancient Egypt because I've always been drawn to Egypt too. And I'm like, okay. And I hadn't really done like regression work to figure out what it was going on. But one of my guests, Tracy Mahan, she, I did a session with her and she's, we got into what is this connection with ancient Egypt? Yeah. Well, I wasn't Egyptian. I was actually um, Syrian from Sirius. And, and so then just a couple months ago, I had a regression session, someone regressed me and I got to experience that whole life of that connection of what we were doing here on earth with Egyptians and seeing the pyramids being built. Wow. But my role was actually as a genetic engineer to help upgrade the human body to hold more energy. (laughs) Wow. Wonderful. Anyway, so there are different um, ET groups that were definitely part of that Egyptian realm. So Syrians were just one of the groups, but 
Anyway, I wanted to share that. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's so interesting. Have you opened the door to more exploration on that? I love it. So, okay. So now you also are an astrologer Mm -hmm. and getting your master's in psychology right now as we talked before we got on. And so I would love to know um, if you want to share with people like what, how you're going to use psychology with the spiritual work that you do or what yeah yeah you know even coming to astrology like if i were to um i remember the my reiki master the lady who taught me like 12 years ago i remember her asking me about astrology if i was interested in it i'm like no like i really um i did not believe in astrology I kind of thought it was hogwash. Um, You know, at one point in my life, I didn't think that there was any truth or validity to it. And so what happened was, so my dad, he passed in 2016 and uh, John Edward, you know, the psychic medium, he came to Houston in 2017 uh, and did a show. And so it's like a thousand people in the audience. And before he began giving readings, um, he, he mentioned something. He said, you know, people always ask me, which psychic do I go to? Who do I go to to get my readings? And he said, I don't go to a psychic. The only person that I go to for readings is an astrologer. She's located in Australia and her name is Maggie Kerr. I took out my pen and paper and I wrote down Maggie Kerr. Didn't know why, but I knew, okay, I've got to contact her. Don't know why. So I booked a reading, a natal chart reading with her three months later and was completely blown away. Um, that was a turning point in my life. She basically told me the story of my life from looking at my natal chart uh, and everything that she was telling me about me, how my mind works. I'm like, where have you been all my life? I wish I had had this knowledge, you know, when my late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, when I was struggling mm-hmm. to find out who I was and, and why I'm the way I am and, and, and all of this type of stuff that would have been so helpful. So um, I was blown away and, and she told me at the end of the session, she said, you know, you have it in you to um, actually understand astrology really well and work with it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, look right here, right here, this and this, you can work as an astrologer. I'm like, wow. Okay. So then uh, I've, I, I, I mentored with her. She was my mentor for two years. I did her um, certification program and, and that was how I, I, I came to love astrology and giving natal chart readings for people. Now, the thing about the natal chart, it's the blueprint of the soul. And you can see so much about the psychology of a person from the natal chart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'd love to do um, eventually, I would love to, you know, give sessions to people um, where I'm incorporating knowledge of psychology with the knowledge of astrology, like, you know, together, uh, bringing them together, because I think they actually complement each other very well. Okay. So I guess, how is a natal chart different than a regular astrology chart reading that someone might get? So it's the same thing. So like, like, let's just say you go to an astrologer and you're like, I want my chart read. Okay. That's going to be your natal chart, right? So like when you were born, um, the minute that you were born, the sun was in a particular place, the moon, all the planets, right? That's, that, that's your signature right there. That's your birth birth chart. Now, so an astrologer can go through that with you and kind of tell you, so these were the the aspects. These are things that you, you know, maybe were born with personality characteristics, 
difficulties, challenges that you may face in life, that type of thing. But like also what an astrologer is able to do is to read transits. So um, they can take your natal chart and look at how plant, you know, the planets never stopped moving when you were born, right? right. So th they continue to move. Um, and, and depending upon where they're stationed now, you could be going through a difficult transit, like a transit where you're feeling really isolated um, or a transit like where everything is working for you with your business and it's your time to shine. Right. So like um, so an astrologer can help you not only understand your natal chart, what you were born with, but also the phases or the seasons within your life or what you're being invited to do. And there's so much power in knowing if you're going through a difficult transit like if I'm going through a hard time, I'd love for somebody to tell me, you know what, this is temporary. It's okay. You're going through a really tough Saturn transit. You may feel isolated. You may feel restricted and it's okay. It's not going to last forever, but this is what you're being invited to do. This is what you're, you're, the universe is asking for you to develop this particular quality. So don't worry. It's not going to last forever. It's hard right now, but there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So what can you share with us about your natal chart? Like what's besides that you were meant to be an astrologer <laughs> well, you mentioned, and you had another reading where you were meant to be a medium. And so, yeah, yeah. And so you keep getting this information and you're like, yes, yes, I'm, I'm doing that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that just part of who you were born to be is to be this? Like, yeah. I, I definitely feel so. So yeah, like in the, in my, in my chart, you see working as an astrologer, um, you also see, I have the aspects of, um, and this is very true with my experience, going through life and feeling like I never fit in, mm -hmm. going through life and feeling like, oh, gosh, I'm like, like such a weirdo. I feel different and I'm going to try to fit in, but no matter how hard I tried to fit in, I just couldn't do it, you know? Um, and, and, and that's what, that's my biggest life lesson is learning how to be the individual that I am um, and, and, and learning how to march to the beat of my own drum. And, and actually one thing about that aspect, anybody that's got like sun square Uranus or moon square Uranus, um, the reason why we feel so isolated, like when we're children or when we're young and teenagers is because we're going to end up doing something down the road that's, that, that, that's, you know, we may be, we may have to stand on our own. We may not have everybody's approval. We may not have everybody's validation. So we've got to learn. We learn those qualities when we're younger um, with that placement. And one other thing I'll share with you that I, I want to tell all women this. In my natal chart, um, a lot of my planets are concentrated down, you know, around the fourth and fifth house houses. Like so home, family, children. That's like the focus in my chart, home, family, children, right? Okay. Um, and, and I remember, you know, like at one point, mid-20s, comparing myself to other people that I'd been in college with. I'm like, you know, how come I didn't have, you know, the career? Why didn't I want to go for the career? Why did I feel compelled to stay at home? Why did I want to stay at home and raise my kids? And you look at my natal chart and you see, well, you know, it's kind of what you signed up for, right? Yeah. On the flip side, I had an um, I had a woman who came to me and all of her a lot of her planets were around career. It wasn't home and family for her and kids. It was career working that public reputation. Yeah. That was that was what she agreed to. That was the blueprint of her soul. Mm -hmm. So like as women, we really have to make sure we don't judge each other like the working moms versus the stay at home moms. 
we're each called to do something different. You look at that chart and there's a reason for what you're doing and you can't judge another person based on their choices because she's probably living according to her chart, you know? So yeah. that's something I love to share. No, I love that. Thank yeah. you so much for that because, and you know, again, my mom was an astrologer and I've had readings done throughout my life, but I don't remember a lot of it. You know, I know I'm a Sagittarius and I'm a Gemini moon and Gemini ascendant. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm a Gemini ascendant. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I remember about myself, but I, yeah. I do have my natal chart done uh, by a friend. Um, yeah. soon, but I love that because I highly doubt I have a lot of those planets in that that home and family kind of yeah i think i'm more of the career kind of yeah and, and that's perfectly fine for you that's probably what your soul agreed yeah. to before you came in and, and, and that's what you're doing and I'll, I'll also add there are some women i just saw one on facebook that get a lot of flack because they don't want children they don't want to have children right and then people make them feel badly about it so if you look in my house of children i've got four planets and i've got four children okay so uh -huh. so you know it's kind of meant to be that way for me yeah. uh, and, and i remember one time doing a reading for a lady and i was preparing her chart and i was so worried about what i was going to tell her the next day because it didn't look like there was going to be any children there was something i can't remember exactly what was in her fifth house but i'm like oh my gosh, I wonder if she wants children because it looks, this is looking like no children possibly. Yeah. So the next day during the reading, I'm like, very timid. I'm like, so tell me, do you want children? And she's like, oh, absolutely not. I don't want kids at all. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting because, you know, this particular placement kind of signals that. So that's when it clicked for me. You know, whether or not a woman has children, that's her choice a lot of times too. She's yeah. following her own particular path and yeah. we have to respect that. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I have <laughs> my best friend and I, we, we both have children, but we joke all the time that if we should reincarnate as earth human in our next life, uh -huh. we are not, we're creating a contract now. We are not going to have children. <laughs> And we're likely going to be um, either gay or lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a couple other friends that are on that same leg. Yep. this is, It's been a hard path with these kids. Yeah. But anyway, and I love that you love being a mom and you love homeschooling your kids. And I just. Yeah, but it's just, it's not for everyone. And, and you know, I'm. I respect that, you know? Yeah. I love it. So I'm curious just cause you've delved into all these different topics. Have you ever um, looked into your human design? Because that's also a blueprint of who you were born to be. And it often validates, corroborates what astrology does because it does have Western astrology as part of it. However, um, it gives some additional information. So I'm just super curious. What... No, I never have. And someone else has mentioned that to me. So that's my sign. I'm going to like try to get that okay. done. I want to, I'd love to know about that. Yeah. That's something that I do. And for those of listening until December 12th, I have a special. Oh, <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. Yes. But, um, and yeah, not that you need to sign up with me, but you can, but oh, I'd love to. <laughs> um, it's just so fascinating because we really are like all of these different modalities really do give us information about ourselves. And right. yeah, they do. Here, I mean, at least I know I'm here to get to know myself at the deepest level possible. 
-hmm. And in fact, even my family name. Um, so Thompson is my mother's maiden name. And I just happened to marry a man with the last name of Thompson. Oh, wow. It's actually a Scottish name. My, my aunt went to Scotland with my cousin several years back. And the McThompsons, it, the actual meaning of it is to know thyself. Oh, our, wow. And yeah, so my mother, my aunt, and I, for sure, we've all been on this deep dive journey through our adult lives anyway. Me through my ki my childhood because of my mom and my aunt. But right. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it is. So when you do charts for your kids and your husband and you're looking at how they operate, you know, does it help you? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, knowing about my kids helps me be a better Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I've got four and at one point before astrology, I thought that, okay, you can use the same approach with all four. They, they all value different things. They all tick in different ways. They're wired in different ways. Yeah. So like, for example, my oldest son, and I didn't know this at the time when he was little, but it explains it. Um, he was two years old, um, you know, and we were potty training and we couldn't get him to go number two in the potty. It was always in his diaper. So... I took out my husband's internal medicine book and I opened up, a, you know, opened it up to the pictures of like skin diseases. <laughs> this is so bad. Um, and I'm like, you know, look, this is what could happen if we, you know, we don't stay clean back here. That kid never had a dirty diaper again. Like, like, like that worked for him. Right. Okay. Um, and I tried that with the other three and it didn't work. And then when I came to astrology, I understood why his moon is in Virgo. No, I was gonna Virgo, say yeah. Yeah, moon, like, so that feeling of safety, connection, I like to feel clean. Um, cleanliness matters to me. So that's why it worked for him. He was wired differently than it did for the other three. Okay. Yeah, my son is Virgo's son. Yeah. And then my daughter, she's a Leo. But she's me a baby. Too. Are you? She's a baby yeah. Leo. Like, she's a zero degree or one degree. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a double Leo. My son and moon are both in Leo. Okay. Yeah. How did, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. powerful. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the thing about Leo, um, a lot of times like Leo comes across super confident and, and, uh, we don't need, uh, you know, we act like, um, a, a lot of times, like we have all the answers, but uh, many, many times Leo needs the validation from other people. Leo feels, um, really insecure sometimes and we try to cover it so like growing up as Leah wasn't always easy because there were all these self-doubts you know um okay. that that I had to work through you know yeah so Rich and just from your experience so you know sometimes we or I've heard anyway that okay your sun sign is who you know the primary of who you're kind of showing up but the rising the ascendant is more of how people see you as mm -hmm. yeah true and like yeah. explain that sure so like um you know if someone doesn't know a lot about astrology like most people think okay i am my sun sign i am my sun sign that's all there is to me and that's a fallacy that's a misconception uh, the rising the sun and the moon all three are equally important i call them the holy trinity they work together so how does that work okay so i'm meeting lisa for the first time right the part of lisa that i'm gonna see for the first time right upon meeting her is that gemini rising right you, you probably will be very talkative, very friendly, um, love, you know, to have a conversation with me. That's the Lisa that I'm going to get, right? Uh, it's the rising sign. That's that first 
part of your personality that's doing the meet and greet. Now, after we talk for about 10 to 15 minutes, then I'll probably get a glimpse or a feeling of that sun sign peeking through, right? And then we talk about 20, 25 minutes and you're feeling really safe and you allow yourself to be vulnerable. That's where the moon sign becomes apparent. So it's, that's how the three of them work together. And your sun sign is all about, it's the heroic essence of who you are. It's who you are here to be more of. It's who you're trying to be, the qualities that you are trying to really um, bring to fruition. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, and did I come across that way? As that Gemini? Gemini, yes, yeah. But I mean, like, I, to me, I was able to see it easily because I'm also Gemini rising. So th- there were certain things about you. I'm like, okay, that's a lot like me. I, I feel the Gemini there, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. When I know Gemini sometimes gets a lot of flack of like. Yeah. Yeah. Of being like, you know, the dual persona. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that, that Maggie shared with me and I tell everybody is, there is no good and bad with astrology. There's functional and there's dysfunctional. Now, okay. you, you know, a function. <laughs> yes. No yes. Yeah. So, like a functional Gemini is going to go out and operate in the world differently than a dysfunctional one would. You know, like so functional, somebody that's friendly, uh, witty, curious, inquisitive, um, loves to talk, loves to communicate, right? Yeah. But dysfunctional Gemini could be um somebody you know that's playing both sides or um not being true not being authentic you know so you just have to make sure that you stay on the functional side that's the way i think of it okay yeah i love that i love that well brandy i would love because we're running out of time now but i would love for you to share how people can work with you what kind of clients um you know do you want what are you looking for Uh, Well, anyone, I'd love to work with anyone. If you want to know more about yourself as a person and and, um, want more self-understanding about what makes you tick, I'd say schedule a natal chart session, okay? Um, But if you're wanting to hear from a loved one in spirit, I'd love to help out with a mediumship session. And also as well, I'm looking for volunteers. I sit with a group of ladies. We meet every Friday morning. We're a group of like five to six mediums and we've been meeting for the last six years. And we take volunteers of people who want to come in and just have a free mediumship reading. And we do that as a part of our development. So I'm always looking for people. If anybody wants to volunteer um, to come and sit for our circle, you can do that. Um, Or if you feel like you want to connect more like with your higher self um, through the Arcturian frequencies, experiencing those please feel free to sign up on my website um, for that. And I will mention to everybody, I forgot to mention it earlier, before we began this interview, I did open up an Arcturian healing vortex. So anybody watching live and anybody watching the recording, the energy is here. I don't know if if you've been aware of it, Lisa. I've felt it the whole time. (laughs) They're always here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I I open up a vortex so that the energy's been running um, during the show. Awesome. Well, I mean, so generous. Thank you for that. But also like for those really that, yeah, that volunteer opportunities. So yes. how, how would they sign up for that? How can they reach they you? Would, yeah. Me. yeah, yeah. They would need to just message me. We're always looking for sitters. Um, message me and I'll tell them, okay, we're booked out for a couple months because um, we've yeah. had, you know, volunteers, but um, then I can put them down and they can visit our circle. Um, we're a group of mediums. We've been working together for years and um, people love to come in and have uh, readings done. 
And is it on Zoom where they it's don't? It's on Zoom. Uh-huh. Because most of, I mean, I think like four of the ladies are in Canada. One is in Louisiana. Two of us are in Texas. One is in Colorado. So okay. we're spread out. Okay. Well, and your website is www.brandycon.com. And I'm going to spell that out for those of you who are listening instead of seeing her name on the screen here. It's B-R-A-N-D-I-K-H-A-N. Okay, brandycon.com. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I just can't wait to see what else is going to unfold for you. And I love the work that you're doing out in the world. So, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was, I had such a good time with you. Thank you. You're welcome. And for those listening and watching, thank you. And I'll see you next time. Aloha.